Welcome to a nonfiction story cast about people in Seattle who built churches and how they did it. I'm Cindy Safranoff. I'm the author, and this is Dedication, building the Seattle branches of Mary Baker Eddy's church, a centennial story. Episode 9, Mother Church Extension. At the 1902 annual meeting of the Mother Church in Boston, a call for support was put out to the members. Another church-building project was beginning. During the membership business meeting held at Mechanics Hall, Edward Kimball offered the following motion, seconded by Judge William Ewing. Recognizing the necessity for providing an auditorium for the Mother Church, that will seat four or five thousand persons, and acting in behalf of ourselves and the Christian scientists of the world, we agree to contribute any portion of two million dollars that may be necessary for this purpose. In support of the motion, Mr. Kimball said in part, We need to keep pace with our own growth and progress. The necessity here indicated is beyond cavil beyond resistance in your thought. The first Church of Christ scientist in Boston was outgrowing its stone edifice built 12 years earlier, even with three regular Sunday services, as one writer described it. In larger and larger throngs they presented themselves at the door until not alone every seat was taken, but people stood in the rear of the auditorium. They stood at the front, near the reader's platform. They stood in the balcony. They sat on the stairs and on the wide ledges of the windows. By request of Reverend Mary Baker Eddy, branch churches were organized in Cambridge, Chelsea, and Roxbury, Massachusetts. But even with these new churches attracting some of the throngs, the Boston church continued to overflow. The original edifice had too much significance to be torn down and replaced with a larger building. Instead, a new larger one would be built adjacent to the original to give more room for local regular attendance and provide a place to hold the annual meeting of the Mother Church members in the sacred atmosphere of church home, as Clerk William B. Johnson described it. This extension to the Mother Church would be the largest church in Boston and one of the largest churches in the world. As for this $2 million motion by Mr. Kimball, it was reported in the Boston Journal. This astonishing motion was passed both with unanimity and assurance. It was not even talked over, beyond two brief explanations why the building was needed. Learning that a big church was required... The money to provide it was pledged with the readiness and dispatch of an ordinary mortal passing out a nickel for car fare. The extension project in Boston meant that Christian scientists all over the world were being asked to contribute an astronomically large amount to the new building fund. The number of congregations throughout the country and the world had increased significantly since the original church was built. The general financial success of its members had also increased. 
but it was still an enormous financial commitment. Once again, Reverend Eddy required the building project to be paid for in full before construction was complete. During the two-year construction period, the clerk of the Mother Church communicated the status of the building fund through the periodicals. A considerable sum is still needed to complete the work, was a typical message letting the need be made known. Remittances should be prompt and liberal. Branch churches like the one in Seattle put their own building projects on hold to send funds to Boston. Even children collected and earned money to give to the Mother Church. The Sunday school children in Seattle made the significant contribution of $794.37. Some branch churches, like the one in San Jose, California, donated their own building fund that may have taken years to accumulate. The architectural firm, including Mr. Charles Brigham of Boston and Mr. Solon S. Beeman of Chicago, rose to the challenge of finding a design solution for fitting the 5,000-seat auditorium into an odd-shaped lot in a way that would complement the adjoining original church. It had auditorium floor space of 25,000 square feet, throughout which a normal, unexcited, unstrained voice from the reader's platform could be clearly heard without amplification. The extension was distinctly different from the original church in architectural style, in the type of stone used, and in its lack of pictorial windows or any kind of symbolism. The extension project was similar to that of the original in the number of challenges overcome in order to complete and pay for the edifice on schedule for holding dedication services on Communion Sunday, June 10, 1906 almost exactly four years after the building project was initiated. There were an estimated 30,000 people in attendance at the dedication services. Among them were 12 from Seattle. A Boston Herald report described the impressive event. 5,000 people kneeling in silent communion, a stillness profound, and then rising in unison from the vast congregation, the words of the Lord's Prayer. And such was the scene repeated six times during the day. It was a sight which no one who saw it will ever be able to forget. Its grandeur sprang from the complete unanimity of thought and purpose. There was something emanating from the thousands who worshipped under the dome of the great edifice, whose formal opening they had gathered to observe, that appealed to and fired the imagination. A comparatively new religion, launching upon a new era, assuming an altogether different status before the world. The new Boston church did indeed give Christian science an altogether different status before the world. The dedication was noted by newspapers across the country and beyond. In the American heartland, the Topeka Daily Capital reported to Kansas readers the impact the building had on one writer's view. Those of us who do not accept the doctrine of Christian science are possibly too prone to approach it in a spirit of levity. 
too often disposed to touch upon it with the tongue of facetiousness. Too often we see only its ridiculous phases, attaching, meanwhile, no importance to the saneness and common sense which underlie many of the practices in its name. And many of us have missed entirely its tremendous growth and the part it has come to play in the economy of our social and religious life. To those of us who have overlooked these essentials of its hold upon the public, some of the evidence appears in the concrete and cannot be combated. One cannot sneer away the $2 million stone edifice or the 30,000 worshipers who entered its portals Sunday, says the Springfield Republican. Neither can we overlook the steady, consistent growth of the sect in every community in which it has found a foothold. Of special interest in national news was the unusually quiet way of the Christian scientists in building their churches, the astonishing confidence they had in their building plans, and their even more unusual ways of paying for them. It was newsworthy how the treasurer at the Mother Church once again asked people to stop giving money. As the Boston Globe paraphrased, Please do not send us any more money. We have enough. As with the original edifice, Reverend Eddie did not attend the opening events. Once again, she sent a dedicatory letter to be read to the congregation. This one was entitled, Choose Ye. It included... Beloved, I am not with you in propria persona at this memorable dedication and communion season, but I am with you in spirit and in truth, lovingly thanking your generosity and fidelity, and saying virtually what the prophet said, Continue to choose whom ye will serve. Ye have dexterously and wisely provided for the Mother Church of Christ Scientist a magnificent temple wherein to enter and pray, greatly impressed and encouraged thereby. Deeply do I thank you for this proof of your progress, unity, and love. At annual meeting two days later, on Tuesday, June 12, 1906, the clerk of the Mother Church, William B. Johnson, read his letter to their beloved teacher and leader. The great temple is finished. This massive pile of New Hampshire granite and Bedford stone, rising to a height of 224 feet, one foot loftier than the Bunker Hill Monument, stands a material type of truth's permanence. A motion to approve the clerk's letter was carried unanimously by a rising vote of those members attending, members who had come from all over the country and Europe. To outside observers, as exemplified by reporter John Copley in the Seattle Star, the Mother Church extension was an important architectural achievement of historical significance. The First Church of Christ Scientist in Boston, the Mother Church, will probably stand for centuries as a monument to the founder of the faith. It is the most beautiful cathedral built in modern times, 
and beyond question the most imposing edifice in North America. To Christian scientists, the new building was an important achievement of spiritual significance. In her book about the Extension Building Project, Margaret Williamson wrote, The new church embodied a might, a majesty, and a grace far beyond the bounds ordinarily achieved by a church body seeking to erect a suitable place in which to conduct its worship. These characteristics were but the natural outward expression of an inward devotion, consecration, and development. In the Christian Science Sentinel, Anna Friendlich shared her insights on the topic of church building in Christian science in her 1908 article. The Christian Science Church rises, an exhalation out of the love, gratitude, and inspiration of hearts chastened and lives rescued by the Father in heaven. A study of the structure of truth and love, as defined in our denominational textbook, Science and Health, leads us to recognize the fact that in Christian science, building is healing. As the errors and sins, the ignorance and fears in our own consciousness are healed, the structure of truth and love stands revealed. The walls of salvation appear within the pure heart where the psalmist saith God is seen. With the extension now complete and paid for, at annual meeting many branch church representatives announced that they would go and do likewise. They would build large, elegant church edifices in their own cities. The Mother Church extension was the new model, and a wave of Christian Science church building was about to ripple out across the globe, including in Seattle. Thanks for listening to Dedication by me, Cindy Safranoff. All events and characters in this story are as true and accurate as the available sources. All opinions are mine. To support and learn more about this groundbreaking research project and read my writing, visit cindysafranoff.com.